Welcome to this week's episode of Just Chris Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're on episode 26. And for this week's episode, we have a guest on the podcast. You know, he's an up-and-coming podcaster. He's working on a mixtape. He's grinding every day in the gym. What is he not doing? To be honest with you, Jonathan Barrett, I would consider him an incredible friend of mine, a mentor, a great leader in all aspects, and honestly, the go-to man for everything. So before we start that out, you know, I just want to give a little shout out to him. Sat down on a two or on a Tuesday night, worked it out, and I'm stoked that he's on. So guys, enjoy this week's episode. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcast, Radio Public, Castbox, any of those. And if you're watching this on YouTube, shout out to the watchers, to the viewers. Make sure to hit the subscribe button. Hit the like while you're at it. Guys, enjoy this episode. It was awesome getting the opportunity to sit down with them. All right, JB, what's up, dude? I am stoked that you're on the podcast. How are you doing today? What's up, my dog? I'm doing well, bro. Dude, that's awesome to hear. JB, we've known each other. You know, it feels like we've known each other for like years now, but I was thinking about it as we were setting up for the podcast, and I was like, actually, like, we only knew each other for one year yeah. at DNE, which is crazy. Isn't that wild? It is crazy. Um, but while we were at DNE, I definitely considered you as, you know, my go to guy, definitely a mentor. I came to you for multiple things, uh, such as when I was writing bylaws for IFC, any advice when it came to being an RA. You were the man, definitely the go to guy on DNE's campus. Hey, well, I appreciate it. That means the world to me just because, like, hey, you're Chris Carter. You're the man. You know, I got there. They're like, hey, Chris Carter, right? And, um, and like, you know, that, that means a lot to me because, like, again, I, that's what I'm there for. You know, I'm one of the younger guys that was on campus. So it was, like, awesome to, like, help out and, to, like, tap in with the, the man on campus, Chris Carter. Hey, if that's what you want to go with, I'll tell you. You were, bro. Uh, do you <laughs> you kind of want to introduce yourself, uh, who you are exactly, where you're from, what you're doing right now. Yeah, bro. So uh, John Barrett, rich from Richmond, Virginia, originally uh, lived in West Virginia for a few years, worked in higher education, hired professional, um, worked on uh, student affairs, multicultural, direct diversity and inclusion, uh, human resource officer in the Virginia National Guard. I've uh, been in for almost nine years, you know, um, I'm doing that and, you know, in a cyber unit. So, yeah, pretty uh, diverse palette, you know, and just looking at like, you know, help as many people as I can. Yeah, and you've been doing an awesome job. I was looking through uh, your LinkedIn the other day just so I could kind of get more of a background. I was like, dang, JB's kind of done it all, especially at we- uh, at Wheeling Jesuit. Is that correct? Yeah, bro, Wheeling Jesuit, man. And, um, you know, like there, I started off there as like a wrestler, you know, Division Two. Uh, you know, six years later, uh, as a coach, we ended up taking number two in the nation. You know, then we... Wow. Crazy, right? And... um, That is crazy. So, like, super grateful for the opportunity, man, because a lot of people don't have that opportunity. So, you know, got to D&E, and they're, they're on their way. D&E's uh, wrestling team is pretty good. They'll be on their way to uh, top 10, top 15 here pretty soon. Yeah, I can definitely see that. They're definitely on the come up. They definitely bring in a lot of talent, uh, and it seems like a lot out of New Jersey. A lot of New Jersey. The head coach, he's from New Jersey, bro. And like I said, he, okay. he's just so experienced. Like, he just, he gets it. You know, he understands how to manage people because that, that's a business. That's a business. You know, it's about managing people. Um, You know, they know how to wrestle if they come to college already, you know? Yeah, most definitely. So it's been a while since we've talked last. I mean, it's text responding here and there, Snapchats here and there. But what's new? What's going on right now in the life of JV? Yeah, bro. First of all, like I'm grateful like you reached out to me, man. Like 
Like, anytime, like, students reach out to me to ask me anything, bro, it means a lot to me, for real, man. Because it shows that, like, not only I made an impression, but, you know, they're trying to figure things out. And, like, you know, high performance acts clarifying questions. And I know you're a high performer, Chris Carter. Right? I appreciate that. You know, I remember you walked into my office, and you're like, hey, yo, like, you know, can we do these Bibles? And then you pull out your laptop right there. I was like, oh, this kid different. He, he's willing to, like, do the work right now, man. And um, So that was always something that, like, stuck out about you. And then the biggest thing was when you won, like, at Bingo some gift cards, and then you went over to the bookstore and bought all the blue books and sold them at upcharge. Oh, my gosh, dude. I'm going to be honest. Like, that was probably one of the best decision, business decisions I made in school. And I wish it would have gone, like, as well as it did in my head because $25 gift card gotten for free as uh, it was for bingo or it was for, uh, like, the Christmas gift or something. Yeah, bro. And I was like, I'm going to figure out a way to finesse the system. So went to the bookstore. I bought what I thought was all of the blue books. And it was finals week that week. And I was like, you know what? Like they sell them 10 cents in the store. I'm selling them 25 cents last minute for all the kids walking to class. So I buy out the whole stack and the lady goes, all right, just go get, go to the back and get more stacks out from other people. And that's when it hit me. I was like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> my my business plan is down the drain. Tank. But you still, you still sold them, right? You still sold them. Oh, I definitely sold some. And then I sold them. So I sold them a quarter each and then I think five for a dollar. But with people like in a rush getting to class or whatever, like they just throw me a dollar, throw me 50 cents for one. So I definitely made That's a pretty awesome. big profit. I didn't sell all of them, but, you know, the stuff that I did sell, um, you know, pretty good uh, return on investment. There. Especially if you're like zero dollars, bro. That's awesome. Yeah. So I know when that happened, I was like, this this kid gets it. Uh, like no one, no one could get mad about that. Like no one at student affairs was like, oh man, Chris Carter had it again. It was like, oh man, like I wish I would have thought of that, you know? So honestly, yeah, I was like, I was That's like this crazy. kid, this kid gets it, you know? But, uh, yeah, to your question, man, like you said, like, so you're doing some full-time military work, you know, we do, um, I'm in a cyber unit, you know, um, down in the DMV area doing some military stuff. I'm a Lieutenant, um, been, been in for like nine years, bro. And, um, Super, super impactful on my life, man. Done a lot for me. So definitely a blessing. That's what I'm currently doing, bro. Okay. And what, what got you interested in wanting to join that? So I went to a military high school. A lot of people don't know. Really? Yeah, bro. A lot of people don't know that. I, I didn't know that. Because uh, my temperament, I'm such a, like, a chill dude. But like, I don't know. Everyone, when you say military school, people assume like you have like problems. You know, you know, I don't think I was a problem child, but I definitely had a phase of where I wanted to fit in. You know, I'm from inner city Richmond. Uh, south side so uh there's not much you can do but get into stuff you shouldn't be doing you know right so um you know i didn't get in trouble a lot but when i did you you know um you know my mom resolved it quickly so long story short went to a military school you know super good decision i was like i don't want to do this full time when i graduate but i could see doing a part-time so i went to college i wanted to wrestle um end up joining rotc at vmi bro and um I did that and I enlisted because I was trying to get ROTC, like the one of their enlisted guard scholarships. Ended up transferring to Willing Jesuit and um, I just stayed enlisted, bro. Um, okay. You know, all, all the way up to specialists and then I went over to OCS. Um, and I did OCS when I was like about five years in and then commissioned as a second lieutenant, bro. So yeah, it's, okay. it's been a journey, man. It's been a journey. Yeah, it sounds like you said nine years. Nine years, bro. Nine years in November. Okay. Yeah. What would you say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot here. What would so, you say is like the biggest uh, like thing you've learned while being in the national guard? Like what's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, bro. 
it, like your most valuable lesson, I guess. Oh, uh, I, I feel like things are earned, not given. You know, like the military, like it's very merit based in a sense of like, hey, these high performers, like this, that'll get you so far. But I also am understanding now there's a political aspect of it. But um, earn not given, man. Like, like when I wanted to go to OCS, man, like it was so much extra stuff that like you really got to want to be there, you know. And to give you, right. give you a, um, you know, a painted picture for everyone listening of like what what that actually looks like. When I got the OCS, uh, I was like two months from before shipping. Um, I was prior service, so I was able to like show up. Um, thirty three people. By the time I came back, three graduated from traditional class, and I had six. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so like, wow. you got you got to be competitive. You got to want it. I, I think most of it, most of it is mental, but you got to want it. You know. But life happens. You know, especially if you have like kids and stuff like that. I was just, you know, blessed and like I was like younger, so then I have a family um, that came in between. You know, that goal. Time, bro. Right. And what type of characteristics do you think that you and the five other individuals had that allowed you to stand out above the remaining? What's that? 20, yeah, 26, 27. Yeah, bro. Um, I think all of us, honestly, we, 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 we prepared prior to, you know, uh, physically because, you know, like when you're going through something like that, you just got to understand they're not going to kill you. You know, it's going to suck, but they're not going to kill you, you know. So just having like good healthy habits up until there so you prepare. And I think like, like I said, like uh, high performers have certain traits like you ask, ask clarifying questions, you know. So if you don't understand it, something you're going to figure out. You know, and just having that, having that, like that researchability, that that ability that you want to like figure things out. You know, you know, you're out there, you don't have right. a phone or anything, but you're trying to figure it out. You know, and what that looks like. You know, for example, so we do land navigation. Uh, land navigation, you got to find points in the woods. You go from dark to light, right? So they drop you there like at two a.m. and you got to find points. Um, so for me, I was, I was like, honestly, I was like, I, I'm not the best at like going straight on following an azimuth, um, like a line. I'm not the best at that because you naturally drift. So, you know, you just try to, like, figure it out. So I, I was, like, I found all my points that were closer to the edge of the perimeter. And, and that, I, I got those points first, you know. And, okay. and you're just trying to constantly, like, innovate and, like, find plans like that. So I knew, hey, if I'm not good at, like, azimuth in, at, during the day, I'm definitely not going to be good at it during the night, you know. So that was kind of, like, the way I was able to, like, you know, figure it out, you know. But just trying to figure it out. You know, I see that in you, bro. I appreciate I see that. that. You, bro, definitely. So, how was it trying to figure it out at night? <laughs> bro, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was something, man. But you just got to get really good at what you your strengths. Like, so my strength was like, all right, well, if I'm not really good at like, like out there, like some guys would be out there, they would start. Oh, well, this is my first point. They'll run to their first point because they just they just good like that, and then they'll find their second point. So for me, I had to like actually sit there for like an hour, like find all my points on the map. And then make my path. Okay. Yeah, you know. Um, I guess, but I said some guys are just take off running, you know. And um, that's crazy. Yeah, but some people are really, really good. But that's experience, you know. And I wasn't the most experienced, so just take my time, figure it out, um, and then you know see what points I can get first. Yeah. And what do you think? Um, what kind of stuff do you think is stuck with you? You know, from OCS to now. Um, is there anything like specific that you, you maybe like you learned then that you still continue to do? Yeah, uh, concept, especially in leadership, because you know that all that stuff kind of grooms you for leadership. Because when when soldier when so uh, when leadership fails, soldiers suffer, and that's just like something that like grind into our minds, bro. Because like uh, it's real, and I'll give you an example. 
I showed up uh, to OCS the first night, you know, and it's a weekend. Uh, we get there and there we had barracks. We sleep in kind of like dormitories, and um, uh -huh. we got there and everyone's like outside, just like kind of like angry. And we're like, "Hey, what's going on?" They're like, "Oh, we don't have the barracks tonight." I was like, "Okay, cool. You can sleep in our cars, like cool." But it turns out our, our leadership for the, that like class didn't book our barracks that night, so we slept outside. And, no way. In our in our um, we have like uh, sleep systems that we had to like uh -huh. we had to camp that night, you know. But it, it, it was the best example I could when leadership fails, soldiers suffer, you know. And um, yeah. as a leader, you don't want to ever be in that position, you know. So say you're a, you're a commander or something like that, and you, like, you're going out for a weekend or something like that, and your soldiers don't have port or something like that. You know, they're going to suffer a mm -hmm. little bit, so. Yeah, man, that's crazy. That's super good example. On your first night, too. First night, bro. I was like, oh, this is different. I even tell you about yeah, the people really. that were quitting the first morning. When I got there, really, yeah, I think no I think they make them come back the the next month when we come back and ring the bell in front of us to like freak us out. But I was like, we just started. Okay. I was like, we just got here. How they're quitting? There's a bell you ring to like admit like that you quit. And I'm like, oh, yeah, bro. I was like, oh, this is different. I don't know. I'm ready to go home, bro. But um, you know, I'm blessed to be able to like, you know, got through it, bro. Yeah, definitely. So. Lately, you know, we were now slowly beginning to come out of quarantine. We spent the last year, year and a couple of months, whatever, sitting inside. How have you spent your time inside? Because I know you've been doing some stuff, which we'll hit on later. Yeah, bro. Um, I'm definitely excited to bring that up. Um, what else have you been doing to kind of consume your time outside of maybe work or uh, any other any other things going on? Bro, I, prob I probably like worked out the most, bro, to be honest. I got, really, I got shredded last summer. Um, well, I try to get like shredded every summer. But um. Last summer, bro, I did uh, 75 Hard uh, by Andy Frisella. He has a pretty popular podcast uh, called the MSCO Project, and then now it's called The Real AF. Um, and he has a program, so uh, 75 days straight, right? You drink a gallon of water. You do two workouts. One has to be outside, and you have to at least be 45 minutes long. Uh, you have to read 10 pages from a book every day, and you have to take a progress picture, right? Wow. And those are the every, day. every single day, bro. So I finished that last September, bro, and um, I got I got pretty shredded. You know, I I I feel like I could definitely diet regular and then get shredded, but I wanted to go somewhere else mentally for that. So um, mm -hmm. that's what I that's what I did last summer, bro, and um, that was my fourth try before I before okay. I got it right, man. And um, wow, I was I was doing that D and E. Okay, I, was, I didn't know that I was doing that D and E, bro, and um, like for me, it was just like the out of sight, out of mind thing. So like forgetting to take the progress picture. Uh, leaving water in my gallon, um, and like having two jugs and like leaving water in it overnight or something, and then I'm waking up. I'm like, oh man, falling asleep with my book, you know, on, on top of me, and then I I, I got to reset, bro. So uh, when I messed up like three times, bro, I was like, I, I got to like reevaluate and figure out like what what am I doing? What am I in, unintentionally you know doing? So yeah, best way to like get that done though. What do you think it was that you did differently from the first three times as compared to the fourth? I had to get really intentional, bro. I I, I feel like I wasn't like being specific enough. I thought, oh, I got dieted before. I've done stuff like this before. I don't need to like have an actual gallon, no, you know. And um, and I think that was for me. So like for the, so like when I had messed up with water before, I had like three water bottles and I carried all three of them or something. So this time I got a one, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna really track it. Um. The like, reading was the hardest for me because I'm not like a, a guy who like reads like that. So I had to do it earlier in the day. I couldn't leave it the chance for me to do it like at 10 o'clock on it, 
you know. Yeah, that's smart. I wish I could get in more into reading, to be honest with you. But I think it's great that, you know, 10 pages a day. Did you often overread that? Uh, or was it just right on 10? Not for me, man. It was right on 10. And um, I probably okay. finished like three, two, three books, you know, in 25 days, bro. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, bro. And um, so, yeah, it was a lesson, man. I got that. And they have to be self-development books. No, no fiction. I don't like fiction in general, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I, I can't really get into that. A lot of my stuff is like self-development that I, I dive into. Because you're, you're the man, bro. You're Chris Carter. Something like that. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take it. You know? That's awesome. Um, Man, that's crazy about 75 days. I, I couldn't imagine. 75 I mean, days. I, oh, I and a diet, obviously. Like you're dieting the whole time, too. And, okay. and no cheat meals. Yeah. Really? Yeah, bro. So that was, that, was the, that was the biggest thing for me for the diet part. Like no cheat meals at all, man. So I, I did that last summer, man, but that, that's predominantly like what I was just like working out, getting shredded, getting ready for, you know, some big work events. Um, but yeah, bro, what, what you do during the quarantine? Um, I mean, I started the podcast. That's, yeah, that's the first thing. Uh, when I got home, I, I couldn't find a job to save my life, to be honest. Yeah. And, you know, leaving school, college degree, you think it'd be a lot easier than what it is. And I'm getting turned down from grocery stores. I'm getting turned down from like Lowe's Hardware. All like you, you name it, like I probably applied for it. And so outside of that, I spent a ton of time fishing. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so once I finished up with like my senior thesis, like I'd hit the pond every day and I did that and then, you know, started the podcast and then I finally got a job working at the golf course, <laughs> making seven fifty an hour parking golf carts. Uh, and then slowly, like that evolved over time. I, I got paid more. I transitioned from the golf carts down to working maintenance as a greenskeeper. Yeah, well. And, you know, from there, it finally finally landed a full-time position utilizing my degree. Bro, that's awesome. And, like, the thing about it is, too, like, you figure it out, though, you know. And and that's the biggest thing. It's just trying to figure it out, constantly trying to figure it out, you know. And um, I remember one thing my coach told me, like, in um college, so – um, I switched over. So we got like our own like military insurance called TRICARE. Um, mm -hmm. And so I had came back from training. I came back. You have to re-enroll, right? I was at first doing the allocation through like my paycheck. So I'm sitting in the office, you know, we, we, obviously we both competed division two. You need like insurance. <laughs> you can't be like competing without insurance. Right. So my coach is like, yeah, like John, you got insurance, right? I was like, yeah. It's like, you're in the military, right? I was like, yeah. And he's like, I was like, I called like three times. They never answered. He was like, you just got to sit there and do something else and like get it done. You know, got to figure it out. And it, it stuck with me so much because like, hey, bro, if you just like do that, bro, you're in the game with everything, bro. Like you just showing up, you know, like you're willing to like sit on the phone for three hours and get that rebate. Yeah. You know? Yeah, definitely. That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean, outside of that, uh, just spend a ton of time trying to focus on the little things and, you know, doing the things that I enjoyed most before I really entered like the workforce. Uh, so I got to travel quite a bit, got to see a ton of new stuff. I, I road tripped halfway across the country with my dad. Did you really? So yeah, I did. I, we drove out to Nebraska, uh, for a friend's wedding. Actually, he went to DNE as well. That's lit. Um, yeah, it was pretty cool. And originally, I had just bought a plane ticket. I was going to fly out there. And then due to COVID, they had to push back the wedding. So my ticket really wasn't worth anything. And then, you know, they were able to switch it over to the new date. And then I decided, I was like, you know what? I kind of want to drive out there. Yeah. And the original plan was I was just going to drive by myself because I love long car rides yeah. by myself or with somebody else. Um, Great time to reflect. And then my dad, you know, he was like, yeah, I'll go with you too. So 
we we took the trip. I think we left on a Wednesday. It took us probably about 24 hours. Um, and then we made it there and then made it back and stopped twice on the way back. That's and great. then on the way there, yeah, on the way there, we got to camp out. We camped in Missouri. Um, I got to see Kansas City. Got to see St. Louis go up on the, the, on arc? the arch. It was crazy. It was definitely a great experience. Um, and if, you know, I, I could tell anybody to go road trip, 100% try it. Um, either by yourself, with friends. I've gone on quite a few cross country, and they're awesome. Man, and those are memories, you know? Like, those, those are things you can't, you can't, like, replace. Right. Yeah, I think just in school, I went in, when I'm at three or four. Oh, my um, gosh. A couple to Wyoming, uh, there and back to Wyoming, down to Florida and back. Um, I went from Texas up to Colorado. So just any opportunity I could to travel, I took it. That's awesome. So like, are you a camper? Like you're a big camper guy? Not that big. I'd like to be more into it. Um, but you know, if the opportunity presents itself, I definitely would. I mean, I have the gear for it. Yeah, I bro. just don't set aside the time for it or yeah. Yeah. I like, I like nature a lot. So like, I like ideally like camping is appealing to me. But then, like, my experiences, like, in the field with military, bro, I'm like, I'm good. Much different. I'm good. Much different, bro. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, it's it's an experience, bro. And, um, like, so actually one time we were out there in the field, and uh, we have, like, our ponchos, right? And they make something called hooches. And they're not really tents, but they're meant to break the wind. Um, and you, okay. and you sleep underneath them kind of like tents, though. And you tie the poncho up um, so the water won't get into it, right? So, I don't know, one of, one of our size, I don't know if it was mine or his, uh, but, you know, it started raining hard, bro, like, hard. And then our poncho, like, f- like started to, like, get in flooded with water, and then it eventually fell through on us in the middle of the night. Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. So I was like, this is horrible. But. Oh, wow. When we were in Missouri, we actually, before we went to sleep, we checked the weather and everything. It was looking clear in the morning, and we're like, you know what? We should put on the rain cover, just in case. Mm-hmm. Thank gosh we did, because I woke up at, I think, like, 4 or 5 a.m. to a loud crash of thunder and then torrential downpour. And I had to figure out how I was going to go to the bathroom when it was pouring rain without, you know, getting soaked, which is unavoidable. Absolutely. So I I had to bite the bullet there. And then it rained probably from, like, 3 a.m. until, like, 9, 30, 10 o'clock. So we had to pack up all the gear in the rain, too. That's so crazy. (laughs) I would be livid. Yeah, it was it was hard not to be, but like you know, I was still out there. We had a good time, something to look back and laugh at. It is like like I said, memories. Like you can't forget those are the people you're doing with, bro. So like I'm and I'm big on that now. I you know I, I'm 27 now, so I wish I would have did more stuff like that. But I'm also like like uh, excited to like create more. You know, right? Yeah, most definitely. Now we talked about you having a position at DNE and how I could always, you know, go back to, you want to talk more about uh, your position as director of campus activities and multicultural programs? Yeah, bro. So like, you know, I, so I was groomed at, at Willing Jesuit as a, I was a, I started off there as a activities coordinator, you know, and I worked for the director um, and director reported to like the Dean and then obviously like the vice president of like student affairs. And that kind of grew me. Like, I kind of think of that as like the military. That was like my like private first class, like my private stage where you're like, hey, like late at night, late events, stuff like that, you know. And then eventually before I left there, I became like assistant director, um, where it's kind of like I'm still in charge, 
uh, of it, but you know, I, like I got the chance to like groom my students to kind of like be able to do it without me if needed be. Um, so DNA, I got the opportunity uh, through just mutual friends, you know, higher education, especially in West Virginia, we all like know each other. So I had met right. Scott at a, uh, at a, I met him at a, um, at a conference, you know, and he met my buddy. My buddy got a new job at WVU. So uh, they were looking for someone and he uh, gave him my, you know, name and number, you know, and it made a lot of sense because you guys need an activities guy. I do activities. Right. Um, right. And then you need a multicultural guy who also does, like, like I'm equal opportunity certified, you know, from the military. So you kind of like, it was like kind of like perfect, uh, like timing, to be honest. Um, the only piece I wasn't super stoked about was res life. Cause I don't do res life, bro. That's too much in the dorm yeah. and stuff. I was like, oh my it's, God. It's a lot. It's a lot. And you were, you were the RD of one of the buildings. Yeah, bro. Yes. Yeah, so I was an RD as well, man. And, um, but it was a good opportunity because I really like, for me, I feel like I was kind of groomed well for that position already. Cause I was already like out doing late night events and things like that. So I kind of like understood like the shift work, like if something happened, what to do and stuff like that. But the, but the, I would say the best thing about it all was just like leading the students and, in, in um, and like my dormitory, I had, obviously I had a small one, but, um, mm-hmm. but I think like, you know, my leadership style is like, kind of like, you know, like freedom is earned type of thing. So if you, right. you earn, you earn it, you earn the respect, like you guys can be autonomous. I know you're going to make the smart decisions. Yeah, definitely. You know? And then how many, how many RAs were under you? Was it four? Uh, I have four. I have four. I believe okay. Have, bro. Um, so yeah, yeah it was think- two. Yeah, it it sounds cool. You had that dope little apartment on the first floor. Yeah, bro. The the trap house, bro. <laughs> the trap house. Yeah, bro. There you go. And then you were up at Moyer, right? But you had I was, you had, yeah. You had hella people. Yeah, we did. Just on cuz I was an RA as well and there were 3, 5, 8 RAs, I believe. Mm-hmm. And honestly like being an RA in Moyer was the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And like when it came time for my applications, um, I mean, the first year I got lucky getting stuck in Moyer. I wouldn't even say stuck, getting placed in Moyer. Yeah. And then the second year when I applied, you know how it asks like, what are your building options you'd want to go to? So like Prez, Moyer, Darby. I just did Moyer. And then for option number two, I did Moyer. Like I wasn't going to take no for yeah, an option. Absolutely. Why do you like it so much? Um, I don't know. I mean... <laughs> I don't know. It's it's much more laid back as compared to the other dorms. Yeah. Um, different vibe to it. And then being on the fraternity hall as well. Uh, and then I dated a girl my sophomore year who was, who was an RA as well, her senior year. So I really got to see like the RA life before I stepped into yeah. it. And hearing the stories like from Prez RAs to Moyer RAs to Darby RAs, like Moyer was the place to be. Yeah, I believe and that. Moyer was, Moyer was much more laid back. Um, sometimes too laid back in, you know, some cases where people would be throwing liquor bottles out the window Mm -hmm. and then I'd have to go clean it up at 1230, um, paying the butt here and there. But I don't know. I, I just like Moyer so much more. No, I, I I get that. I think, uh, well, I I definitely agree. It was probably the chillest place other than like, obviously like mine, but like that's for other reasons, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Understandable. (laughs) But then also they knew I would come down there and like, no, I was kidding. I didn't do anything, but... (laughs) <laughs> but yeah bro i get that definitely yeah how was the transition going from wheeling jesuit to dne um in terms of like the geographic location but i loved it honestly because i feel like like i love the nature like the nature was just so great out there obviously like it was less to do in the town you no know? 
Um, but you had like super nice, like like small, like towny, like shops that like were like super like I like that place where they had like the uh, the pizza. Um, it was like straight down a hill across the street from Dollar General. Oh, uh, see, she did Maggie's or like yes, bro. Yep, that place, exactly. that place slapped, bro. So I like that place. Obviously, like Scotty's and things like that. Um, but the classic go to, bro. Classic, bro. And um, but other than that, like it was like a huge like change of scenery. There's nothing to do. But granted, I was like busy all the time, so it didn't really impact me like that. Um, right. But yeah, as it relates to like the actual institution, um, I think Danny has so much to offer, bro. So much to offer. Um, I think it was a good move getting someone like me in there uh, who's been other places. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. You know, I think it was it was time that they brought in someone younger that could get on the same page with the students, be chill with the students, have an understanding of them, and then still be able to go back to the higher ups and, you know, voice, you know, be that uh, liaison in between. Absolutely. And then also just like to, to bring like what other schools are doing back to d and best practices, you know, because um, I think yeah. I think d has like huge upside, especially in their student affairs area, bro of like what they can like bring to their students, you know, just like understanding like what other people are doing, what do students now like, you know, you know, and um, definitely. And I think you did a great job really bringing the activities of like what students liked seeing because, you know, in the past it was just events put on yeah. um, and not, not a lot of, not a lot of uh, like outcome, a like great outcome when it came to the people that came um, and then the interest wasn't all there. But you, you found a great way to incorporate, like, what the students liked versus, or, in, like, you know, what worked. No, I, I appreciate that, bro. And, like I said, like, like trial and error, bro. Grooming, I understand what you, what you all like, you know. And, um, obviously, I'm not too far attached, so I, I get it, you know. Yeah, definitely. If you could go back to d e like, go back to when we, when we were there together and change anything, is there anything you would change? I would have found those, like, key students, like, like off jump that weren't involved in student government like off jump and like kind of like uh kind of like tailored to their type of events you know um like i would have found like daddy is breckenridge and did like a spoken word i'm sorry a spoken word club or something off jump you know right because he has this like small faction like you obviously like we would we would did something together you know maybe like a disco night or something <laughs> there we go something like that. something like you know that tailored to those key players that like uh were were big in like different factions um, it obviously like me being new there, I didn't, I didn't like meet you guys. So like you guys came in August. So program is already basically done, you know? Right. Um, so just like doing that more and then also empowering those key players. Like, Hey, yo, like if you want to do this, I'm down on support, you know, here's, I got, I got some budget. Let's do this, you know? Um, yeah. And I started finding that at the end, you know, uh, the, towards the last semester. Um, but you, but like, there was a lot of like students like you who were already empowered naturally, bro. He's like, well, I'm trying to have fun senior year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, go about the smart, easy way. Um, and, you know, I, I think I, especially like my junior year, it was in between smart and easy. Yeah. Um, but then senior year, I'd take a step back and like, OK, we can we can continue doing all that we did. Just do it smart. Absolutely. Without getting in trouble, you know. Absolutely, bro. And um, I, like I said, I think you were super like beneficial and helpful to the, like the culture of like, like what was happening at the university at the time. Yeah, I think. I mean, D and E has such a, a diverse community. Um, and then when you when you said a second ago, like identifying those key players earlier in the game would have been great. But I think it's so awesome. It has so much to offer with how many different types of people are at D and E. 
And, you know, I would say that DNE isn't for everybody. And, you know, we, we begin to, or, you know, have seen that over time. Yeah. Um, but I think if you find one thing that really sticks to you at DNE, then that's all you need to continue to go there. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And I feel like, I feel like too, like you find that one thing, you can find all the people who are interested in it as well. You know, I, the, the most unique thing I ever saw was the Augusta uh, Heritage Center. Like that, that was great to me, like how you all like embraced art like that. And you guys had dancers and stuff like that. So I thought that was super cool, you know. Um, but yeah, just like a lot of amazing students, like, you know, like Richard Davey was up there with me and, you know, me and him. We, we had a we had our relationship, you know, Richard, right. Richard Davey, John Bad relationship. But yeah, super, super great student. Uh, Becca, she ran like our, our campus activities board and she she did a lot of it by herself, you know, and obviously Matt Finn. You know, so, you know, Gabby, like, so met oh, Calvin, you know, a lot of, a lot of good students and I don't want to miss anyone. So I'm going to stop naming names, but, okay, there <laughs> but, um, but yeah, bro, like a lot of good students, I wish I would have like been able to like, kind of like cultivate their gifts and like, kind of like form like stuff around them, you know? Right. Yeah. I wish we, wish we could have been there longer together. Like you came in like junior, sophomore year. Yeah, bro. That would have been great. No, absolutely, man. Really would have grown. Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, now we're going to get into the stuff that I've been dying to talk to you about. Let's do you know, it, bro. I've been seeing this stuff on Instagram when I've been on Instagram on and off, um, seeing it on your Snapchat story. You have a podcast coming out soon. You want to you know, spill a little bit about that all that you can? Yeah, bro. It's going to be lit. So uh, so my Instagram name is Jabe the Masses, right? Um, and the premise for, for my Instagram is like, I don't know. I just like kind of like Jabe the Massive, you know, we like work out or something. But also, like, the mass is, like, a large demographic of people, bro. So, uh, you know, trying to come up with names, you know, talking to people. So, the podcast is going to actually be named uh, For the Masses Podcast. All right? And, uh, God, that's such a good name. Bro, I appreciate it, bro. I appreciate it, man. I was... I was So smart. I was, like... I was torn over the name for, like, a, a couple weeks, bro. And um, so, yeah, blessed to be able to get the name, man. We got some graphics out. So, you know, we covered things. Leadership, faith, self-development, growth, finance, relationships. You know, and um, I don't know what's going to come from it in the sense of, like, what direction, like like you said, like, the niche we're going to go in. But super excited, you know. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, like, incentives to start a podcast was obviously, like, you were doing it, right? I was like, Chris Carter doing it. I got to do it. I got to get in the game, right? Um, uh, Barrier to entry, like, it's really easy to get a podcast started. But I feel yeah, like I, I there's a lot that. of growth, too. You know, um, there's a guy, Pat Flynn. He was like, there's, like, like podcasts just hit a million you know, podcasts, you know, and then we look at like YouTubers and there's like 10 million YouTubers, you know? So like we got, we got, we got a, like a lot of growth, you know, I meet people every day who don't have a podcast, bro, who don't listen to podcasts. Right. It, it's crazy to me. I mean, I spend majority of my day at work listening to podcasts. Exactly. Right. Um, but I mean, podcasts are on the come up, man. I'm telling you. Um, I mean, when I got my first iPhone, uh, up until probably like the iPhone six on the podcast app, I would just automatically delete it. Like I yeah. don't need that on my phone. And then looking back, I'm like, dang, like I missed out on so many good, like good podcasts, good episodes where I now go back through and re-listen to. Um, but yeah, you're right. I think there is, it is super easy to enter the podcast realm. I mean, you buy a mic, actually, you don't even need a mic. Like, yeah. Anchor makes it so incredibly easy to get your podcast going. You can record it right from your phone. Right from your phone. Um, I think what the harder part is, like easy to enter, I think harder to stay consistent with it. I, I agree and like have that niche, you know, and um, and like me and you talked to, to, uh, earlier about this, but just like having like a clip of like episodes ready to go, 
um, so you can have that momentum and you're not in that like creative like like loop of like what am I going to create? Especially if you have a niche, like if you're doing something like dental hygiene, like like oh yeah, you you can bank episodes for days, bank episodes day, and you can do like batch batch recording there. You know, just sit down on a Saturday and like get all your 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 thoughts out. You know, do massive uh, um, editing, and then you can do like that. Well, obviously, like I like your podcast based off current events, so. Um, it'll be a little bit harder to do that, but you know, it's done. it can it can be done. You know, yeah, I think I think definitely over time it will continue to evolve into something where I can begin to begin to uh, bank episodes or do batch recording, batch editing. Uh, do you have any goals for the podcast? Anything that you're wanting to get out of it? Well, yeah. So, like, my thing is like I've I always fell in love with like how like musicians and artists like they would create something and they were able to like name it after something they like. Right. So like a rapper would make a song and he would name it Mona Lisa because he thinks she likes the baddest chick ever. Like, right. that's so attractive. Shout to me, bro. Big Sean. Shout out Big Sean, bro. And um, like, that's that's like the dopest thing ever for me. So like, just like I was always attracted to like people like creating, you know, even when I was younger, man, just like even when I made my highlight tape for wrestling, you know, and I movie, you know, um, Windows Maker or something like that on like um, my old Dell, you know, I was like super like creative when that product was finished. I'm like, this is dope. You know, adding my favorite song, like that's like my touch to it, you know. So I was just, right. just, in, just in love with like having a place to collectively place my thoughts. You know, people are asking me about my thoughts on a consistent basis. So I was like, why not? You know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, great way to great way to get going with it. Um, and one thing I, I've continued to tell people, like everybody can talk about starting a podcast. But I think the hardest, the hardest part, in my opinion is actually like sitting down and doing it. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's there's a huge difference between the talk and like the do, you know? Absolutely, man. And um and and, and that's what me like and you kind of inspired me when you dropped yours cuz like I've been talking about doing a podcast for a few months now and I was like I still haven't done it. You know, and, like I said Anchor makes it super easy, you know, but obviously like, you know, we get into our heads about like the production aspect of it. You know, that favorite podcast we heard that has like, you know, editors, videographers stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, don't I could talk about that for days, to be honest <laughs> with you. But um, but you got to start somewhere. You got to start somewhere, man. And um, so like I'm super excited, you know, just to like interview these people that I I, I want to talk to, Renee, um, and just like get what they like have to say about certain topics, you know, um, and like put my flair on it, like naming the episode. My first episode was called Rebate because we talk about a rebate form on episode one yeah. of the For the Masses podcast, you know. So that's exciting to me. That's awesome. And then are you recording it in your apartment right now? I'm recording. Like, is that where? You... Yep. Sit, r- okay. sit right here, bro. Or sometimes sit over there if I'm doing on Anchor, bro. And uh, we just make it happen, bro. That's awesome. Do you have multiple mics or just one right now? So, yeah, right now I got this one, bro. So I was listening to a podcast about how to make a podcast. <laughs> That's all, like, see, like, you can make a podcast about anything. Bro, right? and he, that dude's probably killing it. But he was like, oh, yeah. Like, so I watched the podcast and this guy said this. He said, I listened to a podcast about how to make a podcast, and uh, he said, just get this kit off of Amazon. And it was like a $35 Amazon kit with, like, the whole rig. So um, I just thought that was, like, super dope. I was like, they really make it easy at this point. Like, there's no reason not to, you know? So a little bit of, they like, uh, aptitude, you can figure it out. So, yeah, bro, Um, you know, so for the Masses podcast, uh, like I said, like, a specific niche, I don't really know. I don't know if people, like, do they want to hear one-offs from me, if they want interviews from me um or both you know i I don't really know as it relates to like goals i i just want to be consistent man i just want to be consistent and drop like stuff like what's on my heart what's on my mind soul you know and um 
and just have these conversations, bro. Yeah, definitely. And I think another thing that like I had to that I kind of like faced at the beginning where I was so set on episodes needing to be an hour long. Yeah. To where it puts pressure on myself, like, okay, I got to think of something to talk about for an hour straight. But then you kind of think about it, like, it doesn't have to be an hour long. Like, I've listened to podcasts that are 10, 15 minutes long once a week. So you can really, like, make it however you want it. No, absolutely, bro. And um, my buddy Jamie Kane told me that he has a podcast called Liberty Uninterrupted, and it's a libertarian-based podcast. But he had another podcast prior to where it called the everyday edge, where he just basically talked about compounding your efforts over every day to get better, you know, um, in that self-development area. Um, but obviously that was a slow burn for him. He learned a lot from that one and he started transferred it to this political one. And, um, like I said, he, like he's blowing up. So he really told me that like, you gotta, you gotta start bad, right? Get a few episodes together and, um, and it's like, you'll get better. You know, I was really frustrated with my first interview because I feel like I was reading off a script, bro. And I just felt so robotic as both of them just sitting down, turn the camera on, have these conversations. Right. Yeah, it's tough. It, it definitely takes time. And I mean, I, I face the same things as well. Like I've been on and off with writing a script for an episode and then I'll record it. And I'm like, I sound like I recorded it word for word or like yeah. right off the page. Yeah. And then other things are more like uh, extemporaneous, like right on the spot. Um, but I found it easy to kind of just form a rough draft around the ideas. Yeah. And then just naturally flow into them. No, absolutely. Do you feel weird like talking to the mic by yourself? Um, not not too bad. I mean, I've always like felt super comfortable. Like I can sit down and I can just like record a video for Snapchat and then just like publish it to my story yeah. and just like be comfortable about it. Um, so I've always been somewhat you know confident like that. And then at first it was a little tough to do, um, but over time like. Just this most recent episode I put out, like I knocked it out in like 30 minutes. I sat down. It was like 2 a.m. I had a flight at 3.30 in the morning. Yeah. So I, ha- I had to bang it out. But That's lit. I feel like, yeah, because I made the mistake last week where, you know, I talked about it. I just messed up on the tracks. I goofed yeah. two episodes in a row. Um, And, you know, that happens. Like if something doesn't go wrong with the podcast, like did you make a podcast? Absolutely. Right. Um, but yeah, at first it is a little weird. Um, and then it's even weirder going back through and listening to it. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I kind of enjoy that. Like I find a spot in my day where I can sit down and like pre-listen to my episode before I publish it. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because like I can follow along with it in my head and then just like point out things uh, that like I say in the episode or if I know a certain topic's coming up, like I'll be excited. Like, yo, I'm, I'm stoked to hear about what I'm going to say about this. Uh, but I, th- I think it comes in time. No, no, absolutely, bro. And I feel like, especially with that, like, because your last episode, you sat down and you just like did an episode by yourself, man. And that's impressive to me because like a lot of people can't do that, you know. And and it, it, but it didn't seem forced. It just seemed like you were like kind of like a news anchor, bro. And you were just coming out, and giving your opinion on everything, um, you know, adding your own flavor to it, bro. So like, I I think it was awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate you listening. When I recorded an episode with Tyler Reed a while back, I think like the first line of the podcast that I had clipped into it, we struggled to get it started. Yeah. And he said, he's like, you know what? This is so much harder than what people think. Like, all you have to do is just sit down and talk in front of a mic and camera. But like, it seems much more challenging than sitting down and talking in front of a mic and camera. It's so true, bro. It's so true. It's not easy at all, man. So like, I'm I'm looking forward to like learning the craft, bro. 
like I I want to like I want to be like the like the jaggedest shreddiest like podcast host on the planet. Like that's kind of like there we go. That just that could be your niche right there. That's my niche, bro. That just happened just now. There we go. Mm-hmm. You just you gotta think through. You gotta think through the stuff, and then it naturally comes to you. Which I'm kind of doing that right now. I'm trying to naturally flow into a specific niche. Um, trying not to rush into it because what I what I've really aimed for is like slow, steady growth. Yeah. I'm not looking to bang out a podcast and then wake up with a thousand, two thousand, three thousand listens. Like it's that's so. It's not possible yeah. to be honest. It's possible, but like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Unless you, it's like, unrealistic. I, I get that. Unless you come from another platform, you know, right? So no, I, I get that, bro. And um, like I said, I think you're on the right path, bro. Like, like I said, like I'm listening to yours. I I, I was entertained by it, you know. And I don't. I appreciate. And that. I like podcasts, bro. But I I dislike podcasts where people are just like talking to junk, bro. Just sitting there like random stuff. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. I don't like. Yeah. It. I'm definitely with you on that one. And I think it's more interesting like hearing because I have other friends that do podcasts and like sitting down and listening to what they have to say. Um, and I noticed this with a friend of mine. Uh, I hadn't seen him in a few months. And last time I saw him, he's like, oh, yeah, dude, I heard you did this, this and that. And like I hadn't told him, but he's just kept up with the podcast. Yeah, bro. Which like it's great to keep like my friends in the loop still. And that's attractive to me. Like when you when you when you have like super fans, you know, you're building your tribe, you know. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like that's where you're going, bro. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, man, I'm I'm stoked for you to come out with the podcast. You need any help with it. You know how to reach me. Man. <laughs> I'm more than happy to help out. Hey, I appreciate it, bro. You already know I'm like, <laughs> I'm already like trying to get the tech, the tech aspect of things together. Yeah, definitely. Um, now, I have two more things I want to talk about. Let's get okay? it. Let's get it. So the, I'm saving the best for the last. Let's get it. Um, but the next thing that I would like to talk about is a lot of people say this, and I'm definitely definitely behind them on this. I, I couldn't agree with you with them anymore. People say that you kind of have your own vernacular, your own <laughs> lingo. Um, hey. You know, you're really you're coining terms out here. Uh, why do you or like do you have any like specific examples of that like? For the people, for the people listening right. that don't know JB, but because I know the people that know JB right now, they're sitting thinking in their head, like going through all all the captions that you post. You know, that's so wild, bro. <laughs> because I, bro, I didn't, I didn't read that question in the notes, right? So I didn't understand what you meant. But it's so wild because, like, uh, like no one really knows where I'm from. I don't, I don't really sound like I'm from a specific region or anything like that, bro. But so I, I was born in New York, lived in New York for nine years. So I, but I don't have that northern like rough accent where people are like, hey, man, or anything like that. So, right. And then I'm from. So then I then I grew up in South Side of Richmond, Virginia, which is not south. so like southern, but there are southern people there. So like I, but I, I grew up in inner city there. So it was like, where are you where are you from? You know, and then and then I lived in West Virginia for six years. So I really I really don't know where I get my lingo from besides pop culture, bro. Like you know, I'm I'm a bro, a gym bro, right? Uh, like super like into into my like faith, right? Um, and I think like like super into like like rap music and like things like that, like pop culture. So I just listen to all that stuff and I use everything. Um, I consider myself like a Midwesterner, bro. Like I f- okay, I feel like I don't know, bro. I just like and I, I like I realize now that when I talk to people, I use so much slang that no one knows what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, I, I could see that. I was like, I was talking to someone yesterday and I was like, yeah, you trying to get some, like, we'll, we'll get up and talk chickens. And they're like, <laughs> like, what do you, what do you mean? Talk chickens, bro? 
Yeah, bro, that, and I'd be like, man, that's a vibe. And, like, you know, just, like, it just depends on what I've listened it's to. It's lit. It's lit. Bless up. 100% bless up, bro. So, yeah, bro, and, and that's sort of something I take pride in, like, just being myself, bro. You know, wherever I yeah, go. Yeah, and that, that's awesome. I mean, people follow behind it. You got other people saying it. It's cool to see. That's so funny, bro. I did, I did, I, I'm just realizing this. That's why I'm so, like, oh, my God, that's, that's so funny. Yeah, I mean, I think what I think, in my opinion, that, you know, living in, you know, close to the DMV area as well, like you pick up a ton of lingo yeah. up that way as well. Um, so I think that adds to it. I mean, to be honest, I love the DMV lingo. Yeah, bro. If I could just like transform my entire vocabulary to like how they talk up there, bro, I, I would 100%. <laughs> That's hella funny because like you'd be like, like my guy. What's up, my guy? You know, stuff like that. Yeah. Bro. That's hella funny, bro. But, um, but yeah, it's cool to kind of see that mix between all those different locations where you've lived. Bro, absolutely. And I, I like I, I take pride in like also just like knowing people from those different areas, man. And like kind of like, like, like taking what they, what I, I see from them and I just like mimic it. And I don't know why it's like innate for me, man. I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I just do it, man. I'm ready to start saying yeah, like it, crazy or like nutty or something. I'm like, that's my new word. Yeah, really. You could just do ad libs for some music which leads me into jb the final topic let's get it we're gonna talk a little bit about music you've been hyping it up you've been putting some cloud on it for some time now since we left e e um last may or may 2020 you've been in talks about a mixtape jb tell me about this mixtape tell me you know what sparked the idea the progress um you know things that you've been doing with it yeah bro so like bless the street told on me i mean are we getting a sample? We're not right, not right now. <laughs> okay, but I was about to say, like an exclusive on Just Chris podcast. That would be fire. But hey, hey, Chris Carter, you know I got to get something for you, so I will tell you what like my song is going to be called. I'll tell you that. All right. Yeah, so, just give me a little little sneak peek. So the mixtape, the mixtape is uh, "Bust the Streets," uh, "Bust the Streets One." That's the mixtape, right? Um, and then the actual song I'm coming out with, my first single, is going to be called like "Messy Bunny Sage." You know, and the premise behind that is like, you know, it's a young lady with a messy bun and she burns sage because like all these other dudes are like toxic, you know, and uh, that's deep, right? That's that's real, you know, and it's right. Dang. That's, uh, yeah. And I, Chris Carter, I know you're a man of like of quality, so I know you appreciate a good messy bun. <laughs> I do. To be honest, messy bun, some sweatpants. Don't get me started. Right, that's a vibe, right? But, um, but yeah, so like, so. Honestly, bro, I was like, it was kind of like the podcasting idea. I just was like always attracted to like that whole idea of like creating it and like putting your own personal touch on it. So I was like, bro, like, like I can do this. But as you, as you can see, like the technical aspect of things, you know, trying to figure it out and like, like, you know, my, my goal is to definitely drop something for the end of the year. I just got to sit down and do it, you know, but the podcast kind of. Right. It, just starting up. We're going to do it, man. So, um, like I, I'm looking forward to it, bro. But I'm glad, I'm glad you're, awesome. I'm glad you're tapped into it. Dude, I've been following it since day one. I mean, I've, I've talked to other people. Jakia and I talk about it quite a bit. <laughs> we'll, we'll send the snaps back and forth like, JB, when you drop in the mixtape. That's hella funny. Um, shout out to Jakia. Shout out to Jakia. There we go. Shout out to Jakia. She's actually one of the podcast supporters as well. I shout heard. out last episode. Um, now, one thing I have noticed, uh, a lot of a lot of producers, you know, they get their stuff or they get a start from hearing other people um, or like similar flows or similar styles. Would you say that you mimic any specific person or any specific rapper uh, creator? Yeah, I would say all of like the like modern day ones, like like all the ones who like sing and use auto tune, bro. So like 
I mean, obviously, like, Drake, because everyone sings their own court, like, chorus now, right? And, like, Hook, Drake, I, like, Dirk, I listen to, I just listen to, like, trap stuff, Chris Carter. Like, uh, so, like, Drake, uh, Dirk, um, like, like, Polo G, like, all those, like, new guys we've seen, Lil Yachty, like, Uzi, like, all those, all those type of guys, man, and, um, because, obviously, like, rapping is a skill, and those people who really right. rap rap, like, they're, like, either, like, very, very talented and cultivated, or, like, just, like, years and years, so I try to, like, stay in my lane and, like, you know, make some of my melodies. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna give you a little podcast exclusive here. Uh, me and my sister's boyfriend, Colby, who who stays with us probably like five, six nights a week mm-hmm. at the house because he lives close or he works close by. We sat down one night or a few nights in a row and tried to cook it up on Ableton. And, you know, we got some samples online. I tried to do what I could. And then I tried to get on the beat. And it's so hard, JB. I'm going to tell you, it's so hard. <laughs> and then Colby gets on and he just spits it and kills it. There, it's, finding the flow is tough. It's hard, bro. Cause you, and then you gotta find you gotta find your tempo too. Like you gotta find like the tempo that's like good for your flow. You know. Mm-hmm. So like you you gotta like so like take your favorite artist like and then like type them like on YouTube like like uh, Drake type beats or like you know um, like little Uzi type beats you know and they have like similar tempos. So then you can find your beat like that, bro. Yeah, I mean, at one point we were literally on YouTube. And I just typed in Jason Aldean type beat <laughs> just to see what we could get because like. We really try to mix it up with the different type of genres, testing it out. And country music, we were flowing with. And then rap music, definitely. I could not get it done. I feel like my style, when it came to the rap part, it was like the screamo white kid thing. Yeah. And that just kind of worked. <laughs> um, it just it just kind of worked. Like We wrote down some lyrics, and then Colby spit it in his flow. And then I tried tried his flow. I was like, this isn't working. Yeah. So I just like naturally went to... The screaming white kids stuff, and it didn't sound too bad after auto tune and all that. Bro, so auto tune saves the day, bro. Maybe maybe we'll drop a single when you drop the mixtape, bro. I'll hop on a track or I'll put you on a track, bro. There we go. Don't tempt me, bro. I'm serious. Like, and the thing too is like, uh, you 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 could look like uh, some like MGK type stuff, bro. He he made it, but he can rap rap. I'm like, I'm not trying. He to can rap rap. That's that's definitely not me. <laughs> I'm an accountant, bro. Like that's hella funny. <laughs> but yeah, bro, that's funny. Dude, before we before we conclude the call, I, I wish we didn't have to end it. I wish we could probably talk for a few more hours, but I gotta eat dinner still. No, same, bro. Do you have any anything you want to plug? Any socials, things to look out for? Um, you know, once we conclude, definitely send me over some of the links to your stuff, and I'll plug it in the description. But what do you have? Absolutely, bro. So yeah, so my um my Instagram handle at uh, JB the Masses. That's my Twitter. That's my Snapchat as well. Uh, JB T H E Masses M A S S E S. And then the podcast page on Instagram is underscore for the masses. F-O-R-T-H-E-M-A-S-S-E-S. But yeah, bro, I'm super excited. We should have be having the first episode really, really, really soon. So I'm super excited, bro. Dude, I'm stoked for you. Again, let me know if you need any help. And then I'm, I'm going to get you back on the podcast soon. You know, once you get flown with your podcast, we're going to bring you back over. Kind of talk about your progress, anything you've been flowing with. Uh, Absolutely, bro. You know, we're going to get you on and on the For the Masses podcast, bro. There we go, dude. Now we're talking. We, now we're talking business, JB. We might even post this one. Maybe. You never know. That's going to be a vibe, bro. So, yes, sir. It'll be lit. But again, JB, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you taking the time out this evening. Had a great time, and I'm looking forward to getting this one up to the people. Hey, absolutely, bro. Hey, have a blessed night, right? And we'll talk chickens. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, JB. Take it easy. And it is 
just like that, folks. I appreciate everyone tuning in and listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I had a great time sitting down with JB, talking about a wide range of topics. I, I wish we could have talked for longer, to be honest with you. But, you know, that's all we got for this week's episode. I'm looking forward to episode 27, so keep an eye out for it. If you haven't already, and I hit it on at the beginning of the episode, I'm going to hit it on at the end of the episode. Like, comment, subscribe, um, check out the YouTube channel, rate and review the podcast on Spotify and iTunes, Google Podcasts. I'm everywhere where you consume podcasts. And if I'm not, reach out to me and I will make it happen. But in the meantime, any questions, comments, anything you want to share with the podcast, reach out to me at justchrispodcast at gmail.com. Again, shout out to all of the podcast supporters. I love you guys. The link is in the description below. So check that out. And I will see all of you talk to all of you next week. Y'all take care.